Good morning, church. You guys look fantastic. Uh, you are awesome. Uh, like Eric said, my name's Doug. Uh, I love getting to be with you guys. And I was reminded that last Sunday when I was laying in my bed sick and praying for you all, but far away from you all. But I think it was good to miss church. I don't know if pastors are supposed to say things like that, but um, I did. I think it was good because though my body was wasting away, though it was sick, my soul was filled with peace. Jesus and Jesus alone is the senior pastor, the leader, the shepherd, the shot caller, the director, whatever it is, Jesus leads our church, City Light Council Bluffs. And that gives me so much peace in my soul. He has done an incredible job building up our church. He's raised up men like Chuck Kaiser and Willie who led out last Sunday and did an amazing job. So I am thrilled to be here with you all this morning. I missed you and now we get to get back in it. Um, We're in the middle of a short series of messages simply called Core Values. And our church, we went public five short months ago. Can you guys, some of you guys were here that Sunday. It was just five months ago when that happened, and a lot has changed in those five short months. We've pretty much doubled in size. We've launched a second Sunday morning gathering. We've baptized 15 new Christians, launched a bunch of new city groups, empowered a bunch of new volunteers. There's been a lot of changes, and so we're returning, kind of going back to our roots, saying, what are the values that we hold close to our heart? that matter the most to us, even though we've been through all of these changes. We're not doing it because we think that we've lost our way. We're doing it in hopes that we don't lose our way. So our core values can be summed up in four directions. We try to keep it super simple around here. So if you forget these core values, it's not my fault, all right? Here's our core values. Down, up, in, and out. You got that? Say it with me. Down, up, in, out. Okay, first and foremost is down. God, who has existed for all of eternity in perfection and brilliance, came down to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. This is what Chuck talked about last Sunday. He said, we are sinners and we need a savior. God is the one who does that saving work. And hallelujah, he is good enough to save us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's down. Then comes up. When we believe and receive this God come down to us in Jesus, everything in our lives gets changed. We respond back up to God with everything in our lives. That's up. One of the things that gets changed is how we relate to one another community, growing together, openness, honesty, entering into friendships with one another, that's in. In our church, in usually happens in what we call city groups, these small to medium-sized groups that meet throughout the week in different homes, apartments, schools, stuff like that. So that's in. Then last but not least is out. We go out, and that's how we relate to our friends, family, neighbors, coworkers who do not yet know Jesus Christ. 
So God's made us into a family that is in, but we're a particular kind of family. We're a missionary family who goes out. So just like some of you guys may know Ken and Rochelle Johnson, who we got to commission and send out to Japan, they went to Japan as a family on a mission to share the love of Jesus in Japan. So we all, City Light Council Bluffs, we are a family on a mission to share the love of Jesus Christ in Council Bluffs in Southwest Iowa, okay? Down, up, in, out. Those are our core values. Now, this morning, we're gonna stick around for one more week and keep looking at down. God coming down to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever forgotten something that is absolutely essential? Like, because you forgot that thing, you couldn't do what you were supposed to do. For example, there have already been multiple times when I get in the car and I drive all the way to the church building, get out, run up to the door, fish for my keys, and I don't have a key to our church building. So, of course, I do what you would do. I text Eric, and I'm like, hey, bro, I forgot my keys. I hope you're close. Like, about half of my texts to Eric start with, hey, bro, I forgot my keys. He's kind of gotten used to it. Another example, in my family, I'm usually the one who makes quick runs to the grocery store. I run to Hy-Vee to usually get apples or bananas or my favorite, Breyers mint chocolate chip ice cream, okay? So not too long ago, I was making my quick run to Hy-Vee. I gathered up my stuff, hopped in the car backed out, got to Hy-Vee, loaded up my cart with an undisclosed number of tubs. That's for me to know, you to not know just yet. We'll get better friends and I'll share, confess that to you. But for now, there was a certain number of ice cream tubs in my cart. I get up to the checkout line. The lady's like, ding, ding, you know, whatever, however it goes. She's like, okay, mister. No, she didn't know my name. She said, your total is. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I don't have my wallet. And the ice cream is there on the checkout counter melting in plastic bags. I'm like, okay, just a second. So I'm like, I run out to my car and fish around. I'm like, I don't have my wallet in my car. So I go back in, have to tell him that. And the ice cream, my precious Briars mint chocolate chip ice cream is melting in plastic bags on the checkout counter because I forgot something that was absolutely essential, my wallet, which had my money in it. So for City Light Church, And really for any follower of Jesus, the one thing that we must not forget, we can forget just about anything and everything else. But if we forget this, then we're at the checkout counter watching the ice cream melt in the plastic bags. City Light Church, we must not forget the gospel. We cannot forget the gospel, the good news that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Listen, you can forget how many books there are in the Bible. You can forget that verse that you memorized a couple of years ago. You can forget three principles that will make your conflict a little more peaceful. You might even forget who's hosting City Group this week, or you might even forget that it's your Sunday to serve in City Like Kids. Some of you are like, oh, crud, no, okay? You may even forget that, but the thing that we can never forget is the gospel. Let me show it to you in the Bible from the passage that Eric just read. 1 Corinthians 15 one through four, Paul is writing to a church that he helped plant. And it's a really young, really immature church in this city called Corinth. And he says to them, now I would remind you brothers of the gospel I preached to you. So just pause right there. We already know two things. One, this church, they had heard the gospel. 
Paul had preached it to them. They had heard it and brought it in. So they already know the gospel. But we also, number two, we know that Paul wants to remind them of the gospel. He's like, you've already heard it, but I want to bring it back to your attention again. Think about the gospel again. And then he goes on. This Corinthian church was really messed up. Okay, they were doing things in public that I really can't, or no, they were doing things that I can't say in public, and they were saying things in public that no one else could understand. They were suing each other. People were getting drunk at communion. No lie, it's in the Bible. So it was going really wrong. So Paul writes to them and he says, hey, listen, guys, I've already preached the gospel to you once. I want to bring you back around and remind you of this gospel in the midst of your mess, the divisions in your church, all the things going wrong. What you need in the midst of your mess is to remember the gospel. I would remind you again of the gospel. Fix your attention on the gospel. Remember, retain, think about, and feel your way through freshly the gospel of Jesus Christ. So then Paul continues, and in the rest of those verses, he gives us a nice, tidy outline for our message this morning. So I'll just use that. He says, this gospel I preach to you, which you received... In which you stand and by which you are being saved. So when Paul looks back at the Corinthians, he sees that they received the gospel. When he looks at them now, he sees that they are standing in the gospel. And when he thinks about their future, he realizes that they are being and will keep being saved by the gospel. Past, present, and future gospel. So I have two points for us this morning. I want to make them plain and simple. Point number one, if you're a note taker, blank filler, whatever, is this. The gospel is the ABCs of the Christian life. The gospel is the ABCs of the Christian life. Paul says that they received the gospel past tense. Their relationship with Jesus got started when they heard and learned and believed they received the gospel. They learned their ABCs. Do you remember kindergarten? For some of you, it wasn't that long ago. For others, maybe it was. I'm not for sure. Do you remember kindergarten? I learned so many things in kindergarten. One of the things I learned was how to get to the top of the eagle's nest playground equipment. You guys remember these? It was back when playground equipment wasn't safe. And so after a few falls and bloody nose and stuff like that, I figured out, you know, if you go a little bit slower, you can actually stand on top of the eagle's nest. It was kind of cool. I also learned how to use scissors and glue. I learned how to take a nap every afternoon. Um, and I learned how to wash my hands. Yeah, that's it was super safe. Trust me. It was totally fine. Anyways, I learned how to wash my hands before um, I ate my snacks. And I also learned that goldfish crackers are absolutely delicious. But without a doubt, the most important thing that I learned in kindergarten was what? My ABCs. The ABCs, learning that was fundamental to learning anything else that I have learned since then. Without learning my ABCs, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I couldn't follow the signs that directed me where to go. I couldn't even do math because of those pesky word problems. I learned my ABCs and they were necessary, essential, and absolutely what I needed. I'm 36 years old today and I am still using my ABCs on a daily basis. 
And so it is with the gospel when it comes to our Christian life. The gospel is the first step. It's the one, two, three, the ABCs of following Jesus. Therefore, I want to be super, really, really clear on what is the gospel. Go back to 1 Corinthians 15 and look at verses 3 through 4. Paul lays it out for us there. He says, For I delivered to you as of first importance. So he's saying this is the most important. This is the ABCs. You've got to have this or you miss the rest. I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. And here's that gospel. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And then he goes on and talks about all the people that Jesus appeared to to give proof of his resurrection. This is the gospel. And I want you to see the gospel is all about Jesus. The gospel is all about Jesus. It's not you trying to be a better person. It's not you exploring different avenues of spirituality. It's not just believing that there is a God up there or a big man upstairs. The gospel, Paul is really specific. It's all about Jesus. Christ died for your sins. Christ rose from the dead, right? The gospel is all about Jesus. Around City Light, we like to sum it up this way. And if you only remember one thing this morning, remember this. The gospel is the good news that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Write it down, memorize it, sing it, post it, share it, tweet it, and text it. Do whatever it takes to remember the gospel. These are the ABCs of Christianity of knowing God, of following Jesus. There's nothing more important I could tell you. There's no better news that I could share with you. And there is nothing that will change your life more than knowing that God saves you and me, sinners though we are, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Parents, it's like snapping all those snaps on your children's, your baby's pajamas, right? For some reason, they have to put snaps every quarter of an inch. And so you got 86 snaps to go from the like foot up to the neck, right? What's, what happens, parents? If you miss the first one, all the rest of them are wrong, right? And then you got to backtrack and do it all over again. Or construction workers. It's like laying that foundation or putting up that first framed wall, or setting up the cornerstone for the big building. If you get that wrong, then that house or that building are going to be leaning, snapping, breaking. Something's going to go wrong. The gospel is step number one. It's the new beginning that you have been looking for. It's the first five minutes of the movie. It's the wedding to the marriage, the ignition to the car. It's the alarm clock to your day. Without it, you can't get started. So let me ask you plain and simple. Have you learned your ABCs? Have you heard and received the gospel? If you haven't, it's really simple. You can do it this morning right now. Simple as ABC. Admit that you are a sinner and you need a savior. Believe that Jesus Christ is that savior who can rescue you from your sins. And C, commit to Jesus Christ and follow him for the rest of your life. Welcome to the Christian life, the ABCs. The gospel is where we get started. That's point number one. But Paul doesn't stop there, does he? He goes on in 1 Corinthians 15. Let's look at it again. He says, I want to remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, right? They started there. And then he goes on and he says, in which you stand... 
and by which you are being saved. So they received the gospel to begin with, but right now he's saying they are standing in the gospel and in the future they are being and will keep being saved by the gospel. So here's what the Bible is saying. The gospel is the ABCs of the Christian life and the A to Z of the Christian life. The gospel is the A to Z of the Christian life. So the gospel is the power of God to save us, and it's also the power of God to sustain us. The the gospel gives us an eternal destination. It secures our eternal destination. We're rescued from the domain of darkness, brought into the glorious light, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We get to spend all of eternity with Jesus in the new heavens and the new earth. So the gospel gives us an eternal destination, but it also changes our present day location. It changes our everyday present day life. The gospel, it forgives our sins. They are washed away, removed from us as far as the east is from the west. And we can stand before God totally clean, radiant, and righteous in his presence. The gospel forgives our sins, but the gospel also gives us a power to defeat those sins. So the gospel is the ABCs, but it's also the A to Z. You might think of it like a wedding to a marriage. So on our wedding day, Whitney and I exchanged vows. We exchanged those vows before the presence of God and our family and friends as witnesses. When we exchanged those vows, we became married, truly, fully, completely married, and everything changed right there in those moments. By virtue of those vows, everything changed. But a lot of those changes played out in different areas of our lives over the years, right? Finances changed. Emotions changed. Relationships changed. My work changed. So all these different changes played out over the course of time after that, all because of those vows on our wedding day. Those vows were the ABC to get us started, but they've also been the A to Z to hold us together through all of those changes. Does that make sense? Without the vows, we would have never been married, and without the vows, we would have never stayed married. So it is with the gospel when it comes to following Jesus. Without the gospel, we never get started following Jesus. And without the gospel, we won't make any progress when it comes to following Jesus. The gospel is the ABCs and the A to Z of the Christian life. It touches and changes and affects everything. So let's just take it for a test run, okay? Let's see if this actually plays out. Let's think about the gospel and our finances, The gospel and our finances. I feel total freedom to talk about this because you, church, killed it in the last few months with our end-of-year giving goals. You guys remember November, December, we're doing these giving goals. We didn't just meet those goals, but we surpassed them. It's incredible. We got to send a check. If you're new here, this was awesome. We got to send a check to City Light Lincoln, a new church plant in Lincoln, Nebraska, for $10,000 so that they can launch their church and keep reaching people in Lincoln. So fun. Our city, Council Bluffs, is known for gambling money, but God has made us into a people who are known for giving money. That's an act of God. So what does the gospel say about finances? Does it touch or affect that? Go in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and let's see what it has to say. Paul's writing to the same church, the church in Corinth. It's just a different letter, and he says this, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7. 
But as you excel in everything, faith, speech, knowledge, earnestness, love, all that sort of stuff, he's saying, as you excel in all that stuff, see that you excel in this act of grace also. And this act of grace, based on that chapter, is giving. He wants them to increase their giving for their generosity to go up, okay? So he's saying, just as you're doing great in all these areas, also do great in finances, okay? Now, how does he motivate and inspire them to do that? Go down two verses to verse nine. 2 Corinthians 8, verse nine, Paul gives them some motivation. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor so that by his poverty, you might, or so that you by his poverty might become rich. It's the gospel. Paul is using money language, but he's just reminding them of the gospel, isn't he? He knows that as this church remembers the gospel, as they behold the generosity of Jesus who left the riches of heaven and entered into poverty so that we can leave the poverty of our sin and enter into the riches of heaven, as they behold the gospel of Jesus Christ, their finances are going to be changed. They're going to have the motivation and inspiration to make those changes. Okay, another test drive. The gospel is A to Z. Let's try M is for marriage, okay? Does the gospel say anything? Does it touch and affect our marriages? Hop over in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five. At the end of Ephesians five, Paul is giving some brilliant and basic wisdom for husbands and wives for how to relate in marriage. In all of his instructions, he keeps connecting back to either Christ or the church, And then he sums it up this way in Ephesians 5, verse 32. He says, this mystery, marriage that is, marriage is profound. And I'm saying that it, marriage, refers to Christ and the church. So Paul brings everything in marriage, your conflicts, your getting along, your joys, your pains, your children, your past, your future. He brings everything in marriage and redefines it, reorients it by Jesus and the church. He's saying marriage is a picture of how Jesus relates to his church and the church responds to Jesus. Jesus loves his church. Jesus gives himself up for his church. Jesus cleanses her and washes her. Or in other words, it's the gospel. God saves sinners, the church, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So Paul just took all of marriage and redefined it by the gospel. So the solutions to our problems, the answers to our questions, and the hope for our futures in marriage goes back to the gospel. One more test drive, okay? I hope this is helping just to kind of connect the A to Z dots The gospel and race. Does the gospel say anything about race? Sadly, in our day and in our nation, racism is still around and it's prevalent. Sadly so. So in your Bibles, go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. And in Galatians 2, Paul is dealing with some church leaders who after they had started building relationships with someone of a different race, someone unlike them, they then turned their backs on those people, started profiling them, were prejudiced against them, and pretending like it was no big deal. So Paul writes to those church leaders, uh, Galatians 2 verse 14, and he says, but when I saw their conduct, okay, so 
their conduct that he's talking about there is the racism. So Paul's saying, when I saw that these church leader guys went racist, I, um, when I saw that their conduct was, and then what does he say? Their conduct was mean to those people? That's not what he says. It was very mean to them. That's not what he says. When I saw that their con- conduct didn't help the church grow, probably true, but that's not what he says. What he says is, when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. Therefore, I said to Cephas before them all, and then he publicly rebuked Cephas, who was also Peter. Here's what I want us to see. The gospel has something to say even about difficult subjects and hot topics like racism. When Paul saw racism, he addressed it with the gospel. So the gospel touches, affects, and changes every part of our lives. It is the A to Z. Acceptance, belief, conflict, destiny, energy and enemies, failure and faith, guys and girls, home and housing, ignorance, justice, knowledge, love and laziness, money and marriage, nature and nurture, openness and opportunity, parenting and prayer, quietness and rest, sex and sleep, trust and truth, unity and understanding, victims and values, words and works, xylophones and rays, youth and you, and maybe even zebras. The gospel is the ABCs of the Christian life and the A to Z of the Christian life. I thought zebras kind of like creation or something like that. I don't know. Z was difficult. Okay. Give me a break. The gospel is the A to Z of the Christian life. So church, do you guys know what this means for us? It means that for the rest of our lives, we get to discover, treasure, study, enjoy, and obey the wonderful power of the gospel of Jesus Christ in every single aspect of our lives. The gospel is good news that we are set free from rebellion and we are set free from religion and we're brought into a grace-soaked relationship with Jesus Christ. So our eternity is secure and our present day is radically changed. City Light, you have received it, you are standing in it, and you will keep being saved by it. God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So City Light, let's remember and let's value the gospel. Let's tie a string around our finger, put post-it notes on our fridge, set reminders on our phone, right? Gospel, gospel, gospel. Let us remember the gospel and not forget something that is so essential. In fact, if we forget, there are grave consequences. If we forget, there are serious warnings that we have. Gotta show it to you in the Bible to be faithful to the text. Go back to 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says, this gospel by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. Sounds scary, doesn't it? Believe in vain? I don't want to believe in vain. Wow, Doug, this was a happy sermon until you had to go here and talk about this, right? So what is the Bible saying? It's actually really simple. The only way to believe the gospel in vain is to forget the gospel. Okay, the Bible is not teaching that we might put all of our belief in the gospel and then one day find out that it isn't real or true. The Bible isn't teaching that God will save you today and then forget you tomorrow. Don't worry about that. God saved you. He's got you. He's not gonna let go. Uh, Sometimes when we read passages like this, it makes us like 
question everything and start worrying and freaking out. And so we're like, okay, when I prayed that prayer, was it legit? Am I a legit question? Christian, weird. <laughs> oh, legit question? That's kind of weird. Am I a legit question? Uh, golly. <laughs> My brain's like failing on me right here. Am I a legit Christian? I sinned last night. Does that mean I'm faking it today? Am I believing in vain? That's not what the Bible is going for. What the Bible is aiming for, really what it is calling us into is to remember the gospel, the good news that God saves sinners through Jesus, not that we save ourselves by showing him that it's all worth it. Remember the gospel. The only way to believe the gospel in vain is to forget the gospel. So don't, church, forget the gospel. Value it, love it, celebrate it, sing it, dance it, and pray it. Write it, memorize it, post it, like it, share it, tweet it, text it, tattoo it, and tell it. Do whatever you need to do to remember this gospel. You've received it, and you're standing in it, and you will keep being saved by it. The gospel of Jesus Christ. So City Light, let us not forget something so essential. Let's not get stuck at the checkout lane watching the ice cream melt in plastic bags. Instead, let us receive, stand in, and be saved by the gospel as we value the good news that God saves sinners like us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen.